Welcome back to Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino, and I'm joined here by my co-host and star of this show, Sal Marinello, and this is The Hot Corner with Coach Sal, episode 338 on the network. Before we get going with Sal, we got a, we got a pretty in-depth show for you today. I just want to thank two separate groups. First one is our subscribers, 55,000 and growing, 74 countries, grassroots MLB front offices. Thank you for your support. We are now a major player on the iHeartRadio podcast network. Um, very powerful podcast groups there, so thanks for getting us there. Make sure you give Sal five stars, however you're streaming it, but please do get on iHeart to do it as well. And write some nice comments because we do battle the analytics of the podcast world just like they do in Major League Baseball. Second, I want to thank our very first sponsor here, Blackout Coffee. Um, their, their slogan is, be awake, not woke. So I love it. Second Amendment, uh, love, love the Second Amendment. They, they fell in love with our vibe here, our conservative vibe. So we are now partners. Uh, they are giving our listeners to start the partnership off. They're going to reward our listeners with a 20% off discount on their first purchases. From then on, from uh, after that, it'll be 15% off, but 20% off. Just type in David, capital D-A-V-I-D. Keep it simple with my name. So David with the number 20 after it, and you'll get your 20% off on checkout. Doesn't matter what your total is. They're going to give you 20% off on that. So I'm drinking my espresso right now in my blackout coffee mug. been drinking it all day, so I may be a little hopped up on. This is my second day in a row, so back-to-back triple headers. So there's no load management here. Um, like we saw last night in the World Series with uh, bullpen day for, for Arizona with that debacle. But uh, with that here, bringing on Coach Sal on a Wednesday so, Sal, welcome back to your show. Yep, good to be here. Early week, but uh, always good, and it uh, there's always plenty to talk about. Yeah, you didn't, you, you didn't catch any of that game last night, did you? The- uh, I did a little bit, but by the time I, I actually was out to dinner, believe it or not, they did not have the game on, but thanks for uh, thanks to Hulu Live, I was able to watch uh, some of it, but it got out of hand quickly, so it really w- wasn't uh, something I tuned into that much for the rest of the night. They had, uh, and I thought about you when this happened because we talk about it all the time. And on our show, on our on coaching Kernan earlier this week with Kevin, you, Will, and myself, we talked about how they define athletes. Athletes are, you know, they're 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 better athletes now than they've ever been. And it's sim- it's interesting how they do that in our regular society as well to fit the narrative. But uh, Gar- was it uh, Garcia Torres Oblique swinging yep. a- um, officially, he's out of the. He's off the roster. The playoffs, uh, Scherzer's out as well. They're off the roster. So, um, I would love to see them redefine the term "better athletes" because I'm 50. Uh, you know, played my time in minor league baseball. Played four years of two college sports, and coached for a lifetime. And at, at no point in time, let's just go back to my playing days as a, as a professional baseball player. I never remember seeing a torn oblique. 
fact, probably most of us didn't even know what it was. Um, certainly not by doing a regular function that you perform every day. And I, I don't want to go crazy on this because we hit it on earlier this week, but oh, I just it, I shook my head when I saw those guys off the roster. Well, it just again, I don't know how many more instances we need to see of this before the powers that be realize there's a problem. You know, Garcia is a pretty muscular guy as it is, so you wonder what he's doing to to be that big, whether it's training or other interventions. We'll we'll say that we'll use that word, but clearly, to get injured doing something that's just the the most basic part of the game, again, raises questions, and it's just another data point we have on our side where we're saying things are being done incorrectly, the system's a failure, and this is the best example of that. On the biggest stage, at the key time, the guy goes down with with an injury that's severe from something that's as simple as swinging the bat. Yeah, and we had there was a lot of uh, major leaguers. I woke up to a text message this morning from Jim Cott, our resident Hall of Famer, and uh, he, he was he was taken back by the playoffs last night, and he was we were going back and forth on text. He was trying to he wanted to put something out there socially, put out a post on Facebook was was mild, but but promised that he was going to unleash next week on our podcast with Cots Corner. But he wasn't happy with the way they presented the pitching again, where they went bullpen bullpen day in the World Series um, with Arizona. And ended up being, a, at one point, it was 10 nothing, And just a, a debacle on the biggest stage. And from that, just really mild response. But he, he made his opinion known, but didn't go deep. Promised next week. We had guys like, I mean, big time. You, you remember Fred Lynn, right? Boston Red right. Sox? Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he was very active on that stream uh, this morning. It's still out there on Facebook. People are still going at it. But, I mean, uh, we had Don Cooper. Uh, pitching coach of the White Sox. I mean, all the big names came out on Facebook this morning and were commenting on that. So we had a pretty nice, and it's still going now, conversation going as a result of Jim's early morning Facebook post. Uh, so I encourage our audience to, even if it's a day later, hop on and take a look and see just how many big name people are behind the efforts of our hosts uh, like yourself and, and Jim and and, and everybody else. So um, we're making noise it's, it's really embarrassing to me that you're, it's a, it's a, a really horrible statement of your staff, of your team, of how you've constructed your organization that you get to the, this point in the season. And that's what you're putting out there. I, I and that's your plan. I just think it's, it's really, again, it's a, there, you hear this, uh, there's this phrase, tell me, something without telling me that thing well here in this case it's tell me your staff is a failure without telling me your staff is a failure you know oh crazy yeah it was it was it was uh i, I had a hard time watching i turned on the they had the old yankeeography on billy martin last night that the had the i couldn't watch the knicks and the cavaliers that was getting a little ugly as well it's close game but difference between a close game and a good game but uh, they had that on the Dream Team, the old Dream Team 90. It was at 92 with Bird, Magic, Jordan. They had that. So I was flipping back and forth for a little bit. I finally turned it back on. And uh, Arizona, you know, made made a little bit of a push backwards. But uh, oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. But uh, well, we're, we're, let's let's start with this. Uh, let's get back to nutrition with our audience here. As they, they heard us vent a little bit. Uh, lab-grown chicken. You sent me something on Instagram where there's, there's a new uh, – lab-grown chicken 
I guess, can you call it chicken meat? Well, it's, it's, they're saying that the USDA has approved artificial lab-grown chicken. They're calling it chicken. It's grown using animal cells, and it's supposed to be chicken. But again, this is not chicken. They could tell you whatever they want. It's more processed. If you look at the uh, post on Instagram, you will see this laboratory, industrial-looking setting in which they're doing this uh, this growth of the chicken. It's huge. It has a huge footprint. You know, everyone everyone is so concerned about the, the uh, ecological footprint of farming. Well, you're taking water and power off the grid. You're building these massive structures, and you're growing and processing this food that it's really not going to have a good outcome. And it's certainly not in a good direction because ultimately, Dave, what this is all about is taking control of the food supply because this is all intellectual property. This is all patented technology. You're not going to be able to go out and be a chicken farmer that if in, in this day and age, if you decide for whatever reason, you want to buy some land and buy chickens and start a chicken farm, you can. But we're going to get to the point where if this trend continues, you're no longer going to be able to do that. And it's amazing to me that people are going along with it willingly, I guess, willingly or unwillingly, I guess we're going to find out at some point in the near future. And it's really going to be a disaster for our health, for our environment, and and for everything that you could possibly imagine. Because once you mess with the food supply, you're really changing how society is going to be able to continue to grow and what people's freedoms are going to be. Hey, you almost have to start, and we've started to start growing your own food. I just got something shipped today where it's um, called uh, spra- little sprouting uh, cubes, and we've got hundreds of them right now, everything from broccoli to you name it, uh, that we're gonna, we, we've are gonna we started growing just to kind of make sure we could do it. But yeah, we're going to start doing that. We've got a nice... You know what? And, and that's great, but what's going to happen is you're eventually not going to be able to do that. So... You might as well do it now. It may not happen in the in the near term, but if this all continues, you're not going to be able to have any choice with where you get your food from. And obviously, if you're living in a city, you're not going to have that choice because you're not going to be able to go out and grow your own thing. You're going to be dependent upon what's provided for you. And we're getting there. Anyone who doesn't see that hasn't been watching the trends. So it, it's it's good that you're doing that and taking some ownership of your food production. But at some point whether it's communities, whether it's towns, whether it's cities or states, they're going to outlaw that at some point with this, with this path we're on. That's what it's for. This is all designed to, to control the food supply. Oh yeah. That's, it's crazy too. Well, we've got it set up right in the Carolina room where I do the podcast from. It's got great sun in here and got areas of shade and whatnot. So we'll keep doing as long as we can. Now, the other thing we did, and this is hopefully I'll knock on wood could be our next sponsor. Um, health Ranger food supply store or supply store. Um, but, uh, I went and got some, what they call ranger buckets. It's, it's, uh, food that they grow. It's a scientist that does it. He tests it all. It's, it's, uh, all healthy foods. And it's, it's probably like more like what our military would do when they, when they travel, but it's, uh, it's a year supply of food. And I I got one for each family member here. So it's uh, that's good. I guess in case the, the, the shit hits the fan, you'll need that. But uh, I'm going one more for each. That way we're covered for two years because I don't like what's going on out there. Yeah, and you know what? You look at this uh, 
video that's included on this post about this. The, they're calling it cell cultivated chicken. That sounds so appetizing. Yeah. It's, of course, going to be uh, for sale in, uh, it looks like to be a fancy restaurant in San Francisco, uh, a failed city. So I don't know if they're going to be eating that. Maybe they could serve it to the homeless and to the uh, the people living on the streets there. But it, if you look at it, they're trying to make it look appetizing and it looks horrendous. So it's it's the only way, Dave, that this is going to catch on is if they force people to eat it. Because we talked about last week the Beyond Meat and that debacle and that stock collapse. And, you know, it's hanging on by its fingernails to uh, to, to stay relevant. I, as I mentioned, I have a, a buddy who has a restaurant and he has friends who have restaurants that's still on the menu because it's not worth it for them to reprint the new menu, but they don't offer it anymore because no one's no one really has ever wanted it. Yeah. Well, hopefully this does the same. I think people now, again, we may be caught in our, our bubble of how we see the world, but I would like to think that with all that's going on, people are becoming more aware and just watching the craziness out there. We, we saw, we saw it on Facebook. We had a big uh, debate on our, our Facebook page. I, I put a post out there and um, it was, uh, it, it compared the Harbaugh situation where they, you know, at that time it was when it first came out, it seems like they've got a guy and they're trying to find uh, crimes to fit the guy. Um, and I said, my question was, does that resemble anything in our society? I put a split picture with him and Trump, and uh, oh boy, did that catch fire! Oh, right I'm, sure, I'm sure it did. All, side, think, all sides of the stick. Yeah, I, although I think the problem is they have. It seems to me, from what I've read, and I'm no fan of you know, I'm not a defender. Whether I'm, I'm not a fan has nothing to do with it or uh, a, a sycophant. But I, it looks like they have some pretty good evidence on him, and I, I think they've known. Other, it seems to have been a, a, the best worst kept secret or the worst best kept secret because they mentioned how TCU knew they were doing it and had fake signs So in their game against Michigan. So I think, again, we should probably uh, wait and see what happens. But it doesn't, to me, look like this was a, a fishing expedition. It looks like they had a, a pretty decent idea. And, and, and th there were stories locally because of Rutgers is right down the street here that Rutgers' head coach, Greg Schiano, knew something about it last year and kind of made some cryptic comments at a halftime or a post-game interview with the sideline reporter that now viewed in context of these events makes it seem like uh, these, these coaches did know what was going on. Yeah, I, I didn't. Like, I put it up there to try to get sports commentary. No sport. It was all about Trump. No, was, yeah, you can't. We're at a point now, Dave, where we can't separate. We can't separate politics from any event in the in society. It's all become intertwined to the point where it makes you turn off the commentary and basically well, watch it the event. Got, it got to the point where there were people were disagreeing with each other, but you could sense uh, that a certain side of it any disagreement almost was like violence to them. You could see the escalation of the language and it was just interesting to observe. It was, it was, uh, I, I started out as a, it was supposed to be a Michigan post to get commentary about football and it, it kind of, but then, so we brought it back to that eventually. Now, like, so, so for instance, the, the sign stealing stuff, I coached for a long time collegially. And what's it, funny about the like college football, we talk about the headsets in baseball. They use them in college baseball, professional baseball. 
they use it in every sport except college football. Um, it's been in the NFL, what, since 94? Um, but so the, the point, the, the, the funny part about, and then we talk about the, we were talking before the show about the ADs being on the selection committee for football, how out of touch they are. So when they vote on that stuff, the ADs are the ones that, you know, have to go in and make the vote. So as a college coach, and, and I can speak, I can speak about basketball. We would have certain things that amongst our group, we would want, we'd be like, oh yeah, let's talk. We talk together. I'm like, yeah, let's make sure we're pushing this, push this with our ADs da, 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 as a group. But if it gave me a competitive advantage, I'd yeah, yeah with the group. And I'd go back my day and say, don't you dare vote for that. Don't right. vote for it at all. Um, and then um, with this headset stuff, I, I just, again, I haven't been on the sideline for a bit, but there, there, there was always talk about that every year. And I know there wasn't a program I was at where the college, where the, the head coach was in favor of the headset coming in because, and I don't know if everybody's being as blatant as what's being portrayed right now, but it's so easy to steal signs, whether it's in game or, you know, you're watching on TV, they show the sideline every time they can cover their mouth all they want. Um, some programs use they like Chip Kelly used to use those big cardboard cutouts. Some programs have like three quarterbacks signing, thinking you know one is one's the yeah. real one, the other two. Decoys, they have different things going on, and maybe it's something more simple, right? You, so it, it's a Central Michigan thing today, where they 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 had the kid, the one that I guess got suspended from Michigan. Yeah. They had video of him on the Central Michigan sideline with sunglasses and a Central Michigan hat and one of those lanyards on that gives you a sideline pass on the sideline during the central Michigan, Michigan state game. And, uh, if that's the same guy, now they showed him with sunglasses, a hat, like, Oh my God. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this turns out. I, I can't imagine. Cause they're talking, I, I, they're talking contract extension for Harbaugh. Um, well, I heard they pulled it. So I've heard that's been tabled. So I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. They, they, they just, uh, Michigan came out. I believe it was yesterday. And I think it's it's going to be it's it's back in play, um, and but I, again you hear I'm hearing two different sides of it. But the latest was it's back in play. The NFL came out, which I find this is all crazy. Like so, there's there's evidence of potential, but nothing's been proved. But the NFL's already come out and condemned that Harbaugh will not get reprieved by going to the NFL. And I'm like, well, how do you do that when nothing's been proven? Like, how do you how does a professional governing body even comment on that to say, well, if he is guilty, he's not going to get, he's going to get penalized here. Like he hasn't been penalized yet. Even though, again, I'm not saying he did or didn't do it, but the, the hypocrisy of these groups just drive me crazy. Well, that yes. But you know, I think, I think at the end of the day, what we know and what other people know are not the same thing. And it's not, it's not a court case. So he's not entitled to any of those protections. And they might know stuff that we don't know. And it might have been one of those dirty secrets that people were aware of. And maybe they know of his behavior when he was in the NFL before. And they just decided to bury him. I don't know. It is. It makes me think there's more to it. I don't think this is a uh, – the NFL is, is, is run by self-serving uh, – I don't know. I don't even know the term, but self-serving people, they don't have the necessarily the best interests of the fans. They just want to protect the game and make money. So there had to be a reason for them to do this. Again, Occam's razor to me tells me they know what's going on and uh, they don't want ha to have him have a safety valve and just turn around and go 
to the back to the NFL. So, and, and to be honest with you, with these teams, anyone that would want to hire him, when you watch him, I don't care what he wins. When you see, obviously, how he did his job the last time, and and the, there was pushback from players, even though they had some success. Uh, I think that buyer beware. All of these, all of these coaches and athletes, just buyer beware. See, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of his. The way he goes about is is uh, running his pro. I like what he did with Sam Fran when he was there. He's, yeah, he's, I watched uh, the. They did the the show on. Uh, it was on Prime, which was like the hard knocks with him. And I just thought he was an oddball. He and- always odd. Yeah, he's he's a yeah. uh, he's a uh, he's all locked in. He was that way as a player. He uh, I remember the story when he they used to have those events in Hawaii where. You'd go out and you'd compete. You know, quarterbacks would have to hit the moving target and run through whatever. And there was a story of him when he competed in that, that he snuck into the facility while everybody else was out, you know, hanging out, enjoying Hawaii. And he was he practiced for four hours to make sure he had a down pat. He's kind of monomaniacal in, in that way. And I think what your observation is, is pretty correct. I, I've heard I've never encountered him professionally. But uh, from those that I know that have say the same thing, like he's he, like even with the 49ers, he's he he was there. He's going to push, push, push. And eventually he out outstayed his welcome. Yeah, um, I'm not saying he's not a good coach or he wouldn't be a good guy. But it just when you watch him, the reality is that approach, whether and I'm not saying it's this is not a judgment on it, but his approach to me when you read about and hear about how these pro athletes are, it doesn't seem like it's going to resonate, especially since, again, as you were just saying, he had that shot, and it seemed like in spite of some of the success they had, there were a lot of unhappy people. So, Yeah, yeah that's a way I'm going to shoot. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I like his brother. I like John when he does with Baltimore. He's the longest-tenured NFL coach. They just fired – the Raiders just fired McDaniels uh, at the trade deadline, GM and head coach, uh, after they went through the John Gruden stuff. Couple years ago, firing another head coach and GM again. Yeah, I, make- read, I read they're paying between fifty and eighty million dollars in salary to those two guys. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, because he, yeah, he, he, he saw what's this, his second year, maybe not even uh, halfway through. So yeah, that they they've got that now. To me, that's an organization that bucks the trend. So even if there is a penalty, the Raiders have been a little loopy over time. If he if he's given the power to be a GM, I could see him being. Uh, even though it's, I mean, even the best haven't been able to do it very well, being both the GM and the the head coach. But uh, I could see a Washington. There was talk about him potentially replacing Ron Revere in Washington, although that's another mess down there. There are so many poorly run NFL franchises. It's shocking to me that you could have so many inept franchises: Giants, Bears. Raiders, just the fact that there's three off the top of your head and, and, and there's no turnaround in sight for them and they keep making the same mistakes and doing the same things. We talked about it in the other show. The Giants have one of the biggest PR hype machines behind them. They're such a poorly run organization. Watch them week in and week out and you see it. And it's just, it, it kind of is depressing, but uh, that's, that, that's the nature. Oh, they're building their line, right? Yeah. They've been building that. Who, who, and the, the owner is still, is it the... Uh, well, it's the Maras and the Tishes. Yeah. So they, yeah. split, they split it. So uh, it, it hasn't really... They won the one Super Bowl, but really hasn't worked out. 
I don't think so. There's been no – I think that the true sign, and who am I to say, but in my opinion, in any program, your sign – the sign of success is consistency. So if you're inconsistent and you, it's just, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day kind of thing, that's what it looks like with the Giants and a lot of these other NFL franchises. Yeah, I, I – uh, they just can't get it right. What's your take on – and I, I was never – you know, I grew up in New York, so not that I don't appreciate – uh, teams from the New England area, but, uh, you know, never really jumped on the Belichick bandwagon. I, I appreciate what he can do, and he's ridiculously smart. He, he's done a phenomenal job as a head coach and running that group. But, I mean, they've they've nosedived since the post-Brady. What's your take on what's happening there? I can't put a finger on it. I, you know, I, he, he never had – he always got good talent, but there was always question he never had an elite receiver, you know, Whatever it may be, but. obvious. I think you know. He, I think it is obvious. He had he had the best quarterback that we've seen, and they were good, and they didn't have him, and they weren't good, and then they picked someone who they, in quotes, claimed to be the same kind of player when he clearly wasn't, and he can't get it done, and you just you just don't have the same weapon. If that's it's that simple. I don't think he's he's doing the same thing as a coach. So it's not like it's his approach. He just doesn't have the guy that you need. And in the NFL, it's not like in baseball. If you dro- if your starter drops out, you 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 you're starting one of your starting pitchers. You could still carry on in football. If you lose your, your quarterback, the, everything grinds to a halt. That that's just, it's as simple as that. I don't think it's any more complicated. Yeah, I mean, they and I guess as part of the way our world is, they. I mean, he, he rose to status of, I mean, he was godlike coach. He had the magic wand. And now that they're not doing well, he's, he got dumb overnight the way people, I guess that's more probably my, my problem with putting the finger on it that, you know, they talked about him being the greatest coach of all time. Well, and here's the other problem when you have, well, and look at the other greatest coach of all time, Bill Walsh. Of course, he's a great coach, but he also had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back and had a great team and was able to have a great management team. So you, you, you're not going to have that success without all those other things hitting on all cylinders, especially in football, especially nowadays with the, with the hard salary cap. You know, yeah. it's, not, it's not like baseball where you could pay the tax and finagle. And there's some machinations you could go through to expand your cap. But at the end of the day, it comes back and bites you. Look at the Saints of a few years ago. They had to cut everybody in order to get under the cap for the next year. So that's the true test of personnel. And, you know, the funny thing is all these teams want to draft the next Tom Brady, but they're taking guys, let's say for the most part, in the first round where Brady was picked in the last round or the fifth round. So that's the problem. You're looking for the superstar quarterback, but the superstar quarterback wasn't a superstar when he was drafted. Brock Purdy – Sam Howell, those are two pretty good young starters. They were picked fifth, sixth round. Purdy was picked in the last round. So there's the model. The model is not pick a guy who may be good in the first round and see what happens. It's pick a guy in the later rounds and see what happens. I would love to see the number. We we do the number on uh, on our shows with the injured baseball, you know, injured players lists and the money wasted on injured pitching. It's a billion dollars injured players, like 600 million injured pitchers. I'd want to see, I want to see two numbers with the NFL. One on uh, quarterbacks, how much salary has been given to quarterbacks in the first round, like you said, 
that haven't panned out and then uh, fired coaches in the NFL. But I think the structure, you've helped me come to grips. I think the structure of the NFL, as popular as it is, is built on not having a dominant team. The salary caps and um, the, the, the restrictions, the legislation, it, it lends itself to having more parity. Well, but you become a victim of your own success in the case of the the Chiefs. Look at that. You know, you're, they were talking about this the other day. You, you get to the point where you have to pay Mahomes and your quarterback so much you can't afford the other pieces, which is where you tip your hat to Tom Brady, who purposely took less over the years so they could put the other pieces in that he know he needed he knew he needed to be successful. Yeah. So you have to kind of sublimate your 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 ego and put yourself behind or beside, to you know to the to the background so that your team around you is better. I don't know why a quarterback would want to take all that money and not have his the best left tackle you could have and the best running back you could have and the best offensive wide receivers that you could have weapon offensive weapons you could have it makes no sense to me but that's what's happening yeah that's the alignment i guess that you mentioned between ownership gm uh head coach and quarterback you get that that lineman that's that was the success of new england for years and if one's out of whack it's very challenging to to be dominant that's what andy reed did really well i thought in philly he's taking it to another level in kansas city and uh they're not quite as dominant as they were at their peak but they're still pretty darn good well, and again, they have injuries. They have other issues. They're, everyone's gunning for them every week. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's part of it. And that's just the nature of the game. We've seen it pretty much season in and season out in the NFL the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. So we got from processed chicken. I don't know how the hell we got this far all the way over here. You veered us off the path there, David. <laughs> Rebel parkour. It's that, that, all that uh, blackout coffee I'm drinking right now with uh, – Kind of going back to the nutrition phase, you know, you would think there'd be some disclaimer on this stuff when they eat it, but there, there is, in fact, is there going to start? There's going to start up in disclaimers on meat. Did well, I read that story? So, so before we get off that chicken story, one of the things I want to mention with those kinds of foods, they've been banned in other countries. Other countries have flat out said you're not going to sell that in our country, just as they banned certain GMO foods, and they've also banned a lot of food additives that we have in our foods that are not allowed to be put into foods in Europe, especially. And I forget the site. I have to take a note of it. I know I follow them on Instagram, but they basically put up the same product that's for sale here in the United States versus, say, England or other places within Europe. And there are probably twice as many ingredients in in the food sold here. And those ingredients are all of the artificial flavor preservative variety. So that's we think we have this the safest system and our food's protected. It's really not. Again, we, our food police, so to speak, our FDA has been captured by the big food. So we're at a loss for that. And I've talked to you about the book I read called Swallow This by uh, Brenda Blythman, where she goes into the food additive game and it would really make you never want to eat a prepared food and it makes you read every label you get. But that, that is, um, that's, that's one of the things I wanted to finish up with on that subject. With regard to the warning on meat, again, this is another story that comes out of um, the UK. 
one of these pseudo-scientific sites or, or newspapers that are promoting, and, and it's out of this independent, which is kind of a nutty, uh, a nutty outlet. But they're saying some scientists, and again, whenever you see a, a little headline reading 101, when you say or read these kinds of headlines, scientists say meat should have cigarette style warning labels. It's kind of put out there without really telling you who these scientists are. And there are a lot of advocacy groups that have, quote, scientists working for them. But the agenda is all they're concerned with, not really true health and true science. But this, this um, scientists from this Durham University in the UK have, they're just trying to cut meat consumption. So they want to add a graphic that's like a cigarette pack kind of a warning that says eating meat contributes to climate change. And it's in parentheses from the UN Food and Agricultural Organization. Again, talk about a shill for an uh, for a an agenda group. The UN Food and Agricultural Organization fits that bill. So it's not real science; it's all fake science. And unfortunately, you get dumb people that will start to buy into this. Yeah. So that so they're trying to again trying to attack the the meat. I guess the 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 farmers that produce meat on their land to control well, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the bull it's the bullshit story that uh, somehow cattle farming is a, a a harm to the environment where our civilization is engaged in that for thousands of years now all of a sudden they want to tell us that that that's the problem where we know that farming proper farming cattle farming crop farming is part of the healthy e ecosystem not a, da a, a danger to it, but it's a boon to it. Animals that feed on the land that is not suitable for other crops to be grown on and then can produce calorie dense and nutritious foods such as red meat and pork, that's what we need more of. We don't need more of any of this lab grown, cockamamie, environmentally unsound and unhealthy stuff that's grown in a lab. Yeah, it's unfortunate we're getting to that point. They did it with eggs as well. Um, and, you, of course, you just mentioned lab-grown chicken prior to that. What um, – you want to get to the college football? Yeah, but, I just, you know, just to go back to these studies, you read these stories about, quote, and I'm putting that studies in quotes. Science, they, they say these scientists came up with the novel approach to cutting meat consumption, which alongside dairy account for one-seventh of global emissions. That is a totally – unattributed fact and it doesn't mean anything it's word it's a word salad that's designed to sound dire but it's not and they go on to say industrial farming is not only playing a significant role in the climate crisis but is responsible for forest loss and biodiversity which again we have more forests now than we've ever had so uh, these these organizations or advocacy groups they're agenda driven and don't have our best interests in hand or in mind when they make these statements. This is all agenda-driven garbage. Well, you'd, you'd like to think our world is starting to get used to that. It's I draw a line down the paper now whenever I read or look at something. My first thought is, how are they lying to me? Second one is, how are they lying to themselves? And somewhere in that line is the truth I can sift through. So I think that's that's good information for our 
our group to to hit on. We always hit on a couple of things each week. I know we hit on. I have not found out your information on raw milk yet. I'm still searching. Yeah, the week came along real quickly. I'm going to put that down on my to-do list this week. But there is here. I asked some people around, and it, uh, uh, what I'd like to find out is if they can ship. If they can ship, I'll connect you and get your raw milk down on the farms here. But, you know, honest to God, with all the stuff going on in the world, if I didn't flip on the TV, which I try not to do anymore nowadays, or I, I try to keep real consistent. If I'm on social media, it's about our podcast. I don't get too venture too far off. I do listen to Mike Adams. That's the health ranger store as mentioned, and that's going to potentially partner with us with us. But, uh, I wouldn't know any of this stuff's going on. It's, it's life is normal down here. Uh, knock on wood. Well, that's good. Not that insanity. So I guess that's more encouraging people. Well, any of the crazies got up there that Kevin talked about that are still wearing the, the mask and so they can stay where they're at. Well, but, what I will tell you, and it's it's a great sign, is that rarely do I see people wearing masks. And usually when I see them up here, they look like they're in pretty bad shape. It's not the average person like it was at the last go-round where you had everybody drinking the Kool-Aid. So that's one good thing. And again, you read stories constantly about the uptake of this this new booster, and it's it's no one's taking it. And they keep pushing it. And, and that's one of, I'll have to tell you, Dave, that's one of the most distasteful things. We haven't really talked about it here or on the other show. Are these commercials that Pfizer and these other companies are pushing out there with this happy, smiley face, double your pleasure kind of approach with the booster and the, the flu shot, which is another, the flu shot's another boondoggle that's been foisted upon the population with no real science to back up its use. So to me, it's become background, even though it's something that's so dangerous and we come to accept it. The fact that we have Travis Kelsey, uh, or no, not Travis Kelsey. um, Yeah, Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, yeah. And other celebrities smiling and promoting this stuff when day after day we see people dying suddenly. The uh, all-cause mortality rate is off the charts for the younger group and it's since the vaccine has been initiated and the myocarditis rates are through the roof and other health problems are through the roof and these people smiling at you getting paid for it to tell you to go out and get your kids and get your family members boosted when they know not one bit that it works is really offensive well that's irresponsible i i don't know how many people are informed i (laughs) I try not to be informed by, even though I was one on a smaller level, I try not to be informed by professional athletes on many things. I know, but it's just, it's accepted and it's really, it's, it's just. If it didn't work, they wouldn't use them, right? If it didn't work on some people, they wouldn't have them on there doing that stuff. Um, Yeah. And I still every now and then see signs down here for that, but it's usually federally run uh, things that are, you know, trying to make it look like, don't forget. I don't even know what, what number are they on right now? They don't know. I don't know because there's no way. If you read about and listen to the experts on why they don't work, they can't work because they're guessing as to what this, quote, new variant is. That's all another BS line that we've been sold. How can they develop a vaccine for a variant? They don't yet know what it is. And we know why they can't. And we know that it doesn't work, which is why all these people who get boosted get sick. It actually screws up their immune system. So 
no one, no one has done a really good job of explaining that to me yet. Yeah, well, it goes back to your point. Not a very good time to be unhealthy, right? World, and if they are, if there is going to be something in the food supply, certainly when people are not, you don't get the right nutrition, or you're not eating enough, uh, you're going to get weaker, obviously, and that's again not not a good time to be unhealthy going through that stuff. That's why I'm glad I'm tr still training for my ultras, Sal, getting ready for my push in June. So there you go. I'm peak, peak prime shape, I think, right now, outside of my recent intake of uh, this coffee I'm drinking right now, which is good taste. And even though espresso gets you hopped up a little bit. Um, but uh, college football now, I know we, we, we were pushing 40 minutes here. We don't have a ton of time left, but did you, what, what was your, what's your, what team do you follow? I know we talked a little bit of Harbaugh in, in Michigan, but were you surprised by the rankings? Do you do you follow them? Does it mean anything? I, do. I love college football. I don't pull for teams. I more want to watch good matchups. Usually, I don't like teams, so uh, that's the kind of what I do. I, I love rooting for the underdog in most of these games because that's what makes things interesting. I've, uh, I'm of the general opinion it doesn't matter who the team is. That last year's champion should be number one until they lose because it's still in large part the same group. Uh, in large part, it's the same schedule, and you're making assumptions. I, Georgia, Georgia won last year, was unbelievably good. They're undefeated this year. They have shown no signs of weakness. We talked about them losing their best player who was a tight end, but it's not no offense to that guy, but if your best player is your tight end and you lose him, in this case, I don't think that's the same as when your best player is your quarterback and you lose them, so or running back even. So again, that's just they just reload at those places. They have so many great athletes at those schools that sometimes it's a plug and play. And again, it's not to take anything away from that particular guy, but it's just the nature of this sport at those schools. If if it's not a, a, a position success by committee, they still do have other guys ready to step in. And can fill the bill. So I, I'm I'm glad that in this uh, new playoff ranking that Georgia is two, because I think they should be number one. I don't know about the Big Ten schools because, in my opinion, you get a false sense for how good they are because they all beat each other up, and sometimes it's really ugly. And it, then when they go outside of that conference and play. Many times they looked overmatched. I think if you look at all these great in-season Big Ten teams that have been around, when they've faced the out-of-conference teams, it hasn't always worked out, and they, they've kind of been exposed in a lot of cases. So I, I think the SEC people get complacent with and have a, an easy time trying to rip them, but when they go out and play other conferences, a lot of times they really – show why the SEC is considered to be the best conference. Well, yeah, people complain about the SEC bias. I spent the vast majority of my adult life down in the Southeast, so I've, I've got my fill of it. In fact, my wife and I were laughing at, we uh, I, I posted the old Peyton Manning commercial where he was on Saturday Night Live. He was winging the ball at different kids, and uh, first time we saw his comedic side where he was telling them they sucked and whatnot. And yeah. So we were pulling up favorite commercials, football commercials, and uh, we lived in Alabama for, for a, a bit, and they had a commercial that not a lot of people that live outside there could get it, where it's everything they say is roll tide. Um, it's had a funeral guy's going roll tide, a wedding, 
talking about the guy losing his virginity when he was 28, roll tide. So everything ends up, it's, it's their greeting and their ending. And, um, but going back to that, yeah, to me, I think uh, there's, there's that SEC bias, but the SEC is good. Um, I think Georgia, Alabama, Ole Miss, their top 10, LSU. LSU, I think, has an outside shot, and it's going to aggravate people. But if they run the table, and they beat, and they're 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 powerful offensively. They, and again, they're going to have to beat. Uh, they're going to have to beat uh, Alabama. They're going to have to beat Georgia. That's a tough. But if they beat those two, um, there's a chance, outside chance, you could see a two-loss SEC team getting into the playoffs because um, the 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 patterns there. And you're going to see a lot of pissed off Florida State people. The Pac-12 to me is getting the uh, the bad end of the stick. They've got Washington's undefeated. They got disrespected. Put five. Oregon to me, you talk about teams. Bo Nix was an SEC quarterback. He's like an 11th year senior now, I think. But uh, he's 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 good. He's going to be a Heisman candidate. Bo Nix, if he gets to the NFL, he'll go from uh, being a, a, a college quarterback to being one of the oldest starters in the NFL. I think if he would get to next year, mid 20s, because he's 20. I, no. I think you have to keep the ACC team in there. Although I could. I easily think that Florida State could be five and Washington could be four. But, you know, arguing about it this time of the year, it's kind of ridiculous because so much is going to happen. Look at USC. Everyone thought they were world beaters. Everyone thought Caleb Williams was going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't know about you, but if I'm one of those teams that have been talked about as wanting to pick him as my guy for next year's draft, I'm very unhappy if that's what my team is thinking about. We've seen enough busts from these colleges that that show they are what they are. And they he's shown what he is. You can't tell me that there's something that he doesn't have that we haven't seen that's going to make him better. In some pretty big moments, he's been flat out terrible. And I don't – that's – I'm not saying he can't play in the NFL. I'm just saying I'm not taking him with my top pick. All right. I'm, I'll, I'll put money on it. He'll go top. And I, I, I'm i not disagreeing with you. It's – uh. But they, now they play Washington, I believe, this weekend, and they're 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 an underdog. I'm I'm calling a USC upset this weekend. I think, I think part of his issue now he went from where was he at Oklahoma to LA. It went from being a no namer to the Heisman to making six and a half million dollars a year. I just don't think he's handled it well. You know, as probably most twenty year olds wouldn't. But what's he going to do? But he was fine last year. What's he going to do when he goes to an NFL franchise? That's that's it's not like it's his first year. He was fine last year. The pressure and his comments about wanting to be a, a, a team owner and being able to possibly stay next year because he's going to make more money. I don't think those are those are good signs. I think those are all bad signs. And I'm not taking him. I don't want I wouldn't want him to be the guy my teams take. So that's no, I, 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 I think that if Washington is the team, everyone says they are then they should go out and, and put their stamp on this game and put USC away. Yeah, no, that's, that's gonna be a, it's going to be a telltale for them. I, I think if you see the way how fickle the college sports world is, if you see Washington lose to them, you'll never hear from them again because they already disrespected them being an undefeated Pac-12 team, making them sixth. Um, you know, put two Big Ten teams ahead of them, ACC, and then uh, now Florida State did beat LSU first game of the year. They 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 smacked them pretty good. Washington beat Oregon, who I think t- to me when I look at the best 
four teams. Oregon's one of the top four teams, regardless of record, from just the eye test. Um, but I do like Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix translates well to the NFL. Um, trying to remember the kid's name for uh, North Carolina, quarterback from North Carolina. Uh, uh, I just went right out of my head. I could see his face. Uh, May. Yes. Yeah. Now I think he translates well too. That's they're they're uh, they're both athletic. Now Nix gets the ball out of his hands in a hurry. He's like the second fastest. Like I don't like a lot of the analytics, but that I do because that's self preservation. The longer he holds the ball, the less his line's got to protect him. Um, now he's got to get receivers that separate quickly. Well, but that's a stat that that why that's a good stat is that's a stat that is important in the NFL as well. So well, he goes through his progressions very. He's very deliberate. Now he, I watched him at Auburn when he was early. Now I'm not a big fan of the Gus Malzahn offenses. I think you know too many flea flicker reverse fake punts and that. And uh, next, I mean, he throw like seven times a game. This move to Oregon was ideal for him. He's, I think he's an NFL quarterback. I, I, I nobody. One one draft I saw the Giants taking him uh, with like the tenth pick. Now again, you don't know where they're going to pick, but and if that's the case, but n- no other draft have I seen him taken in the first round. So he could be one of those guys like you're talking about, mid round, mid mid draft pick that ends up being a long term solution like a Kirk Cousins was before he tore his Achilles. Yeah, the, take take the it's a low risk, low risk, high reward. There's th- th- that's the guy. There's everyone forgets Mel Kuyper was ripped. What's his uh, Mahomes being picked when he was picked? So what all these what no one knows what they're doing. It's all a guess game, and we've talked about it before. The quarterbacks are the biggest guess game of it all. They they're the, the success rate with quarterbacks is absolutely horrendous. So again, you would think they come up with a better way to figure out the guy they want, but they haven't figured that out yet. Oh, and, and well, it used to be, I mean, think about the, go back to the, I hate to go back in time, but the eighties, when you got the, the Elway Marino draft, I mean, there was a ton of good quarterbacks. Kenny O'Brien was, it, yeah, Kenny O'Brien, good quarterback. Instead of Marino. Yep. Um, but you would think it would be the, the, uh, the, the one that people would get right more because there's more emphasis on that position and it's the CEO of all positions out there, but I'll, I'll throw this out there and we'll, we'll start to wrap up here, but. I think quarterback play has gotten worse as these quarterback gurus have gained prominence in the game. I agree. And I, I, and they're looking at things that have nothing to do with how you play on the field. And also these guys are seduced by the, the team. They forget to look at the team that they're on in college. And I think that's a big problem with some of these Alabama quarterbacks that have been picked high and that have had high expectations. Mac Jones is a great example. He was on a team, both he, Tua, and uh, Hertz were on a team of a roster that was considered the greatest football team in the history of college football. So how do you get really an accurate picture of what that guy could do? We talked about before Greg McElroy was similarly in uh, on an unbelievable team. Uh, A.J. McCarron, another uh, Alabama quarterback who was on a, an amazing team there who have been, you know, flashes in the pan, didn't even get a, a gig in the NFL. So that's the thing that these guys forget. I think these evaluators forget a little bit is the teams that they played on and the ability for that team to dominate at that level because of the, the ability to hoard talent. So, yeah. 
And, and you know what I would like to see? And, and what, one of the things that is interesting to me you know, are these established programs that start to fade and what are you going to do? And I've always had a particular interest in Clemson. They, they've lost three games in a row. They have Notre Dame. And one of my buddies is a big Notre Dame guy, and he was all hyped for the game. And I said to him that that's a, those are two irrelevant programs. I don't care that Notre Dame is ranked 15th. They don't belong in the playoff system. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. They don't play in a conference. They're they're greedy. I don't care that they make all that money. Go into a conference, get beat up every week, and have to earn it instead of resting on your laurels. And Clemson has, again, uh, been the beneficiary of amazing talent that oh, they, yeah. they've underperformed. I think they have bad coaching there, and I think that – Dabo Sweeney might need to move on, but this could be a game. I don't think – I don't see Notre Dame I, uh, losing to Clemson at home. Notre Dame's favored. Oh, it would yeah. be interesting to see if Notre Dame puts a beating on them at home, if that has anything uh, – any impact on Sweeney. On the other side, I would love to see Clemson beat Notre Dame. So with three losses, we could just finally put them away for the season. I can't t- take that discussion that they belong somehow in the national playoff picture. I know what's sad about their situation is from a pure team standpoint, when I watched them the first few games of the year, it's the best talent they've had in a long time. And uh, they've been relevant record-wise because their record, they've, they've had their or schedule, they had been. But uh, they've made some awful coaching decisions to cause uh, their losses. We've chronicled that on the shows. But, yeah, I don't know. Dabo has not bought into the NIL, has not bought into the transfer portal. And uh, – He's uh, they're 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 struggling right now. I don't know if he's gonna if he's yeah, got a big longer plan, but he has put in. He he got called out by a fan. I don't know if you saw that yesterday or the day before. Kid called in, basically questioned his salary and made him validate it. He went on his rant was pretty good. Uh, I think all coaches in the world would want to say it at some point in time. But uh, the po- point he brought out, which I didn't realize, he has the most guys going to the NFL, which actually makes your point for you too, than any coach in his tenure. During his tenure, well, yeah, I don't think that it's. If they say the same thing about Rutgers, if you look about look, and, and the only reason I bring them up is because again, I said they're down the street, and that it's an interesting week. They have Ohio State, and there's a lot of talk about wow, Rutgers is bowl eligible. They're undefeated at home, but they've played like Wagner, Northwestern, Michigan State. They haven't beaten anybody, uh, and they played nobody. So. Let's see what happens there. But they've got guys in the NFL from teams who are terrible. Look at Pacheco, who's lighting it up for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was picked in the last round, or he might he might have not even been picked. No, he was drafted at the end of the round. So, yeah, to stay on Clemson, Sweeney – now, Sweeney is right. He has brought more money into that school. No doubt he gets credit for that. And I admire him for not selling out the guys he recruited and is going to go into games with for this NIL and the transfer portal, but that's going to ultimately result in him losing his job because yeah. the teams, the, the fans there are not going to accept a three-loss season. How many of these good programs, we saw Nebraska uh, was one of them, a couple of these other programs, two, three losses, you're going to lose your job. So He's got four now, right? What's he, four and four? I think uh, he lost three in a row, so I believe so. Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely a down year for them, and – they had their little run, and yeah, I just uh, which was interesting. I listened to him talk. Now he's he's getting beat up pretty badly down here, and he sounded like that old that old man on the lawn yelling, "Get off my lawn!" He's only fifty three years old. 
Um, and then uh, you look at Nick Saban, who's in his early 70s. You listen to his press conferences now. He's getting more and more mellow with his. Um, he sounds more like the younger younger guy. But I'll be interested to see. I bet you Michigan State takes a pop at him, at Dabo. See if he can't do it up there. If they start paying some players to go there, because they're not they're not paying guys to go there right now. They're a mess up there. Well, yeah, there there'll be some interesting moves. There's always interesting moves in the off season. So awesome. we'll we'll cover them. But how you want to leave the audience? Say we covered fake chicken. We covered meat labels. With NFL got a little hardball, a little college football playoffs. We took them on a roller coaster ride here today. What what do you? How do you want to leave them today? Uh, start looking into the ingredients on your foods and. And, and stop eating things that you're not making yourself. You're not cooking yourself. That's the biggest thing. Don't feed your family out of a bag or out of a box. Find food, simple things you could cook. Doesn't take long. I've heard those excuses for years. And at the end of the day, if you don't have time to feed your family, what the heck? Are, what What's your other responsibility? Yeah. So. It's, and you have to start now, like I said, Dave, things 